Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast 306. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, the scripture says, And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, and here's what he said. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Yes, the land, just like the people, are to have a Sabbath rest. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Shabbat, a Sabbath of solemn rest to the Lord, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its own accord of your harvest, you shall not reap nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is a year of rest for the land. And the Shabbat, the Sabbath produce of the land, shall be food for you, for you and your servant, for your maidservant and your hired servant, for the stranger who sojourns among you, that is, those who are non-Jews, for your livestock and the animals that are in your land, all its produce shall be for food. And so God established the principle of the sabbatical year, just like Every week there is a Shabbat, a Sabbath. God said, I want you to remember that I am the creator and the sustainer of all of life. I am the one who provides for you. No one else. I am the one who provides for you. Yes, there is sowing. There's tilling. There is watering. But remember, I'm the one that gives the increase. This is what the Apostle Paul picked up on his letter to the Corinthians. But then God said, for every year, I want you to observe a sabbatical year. In the sixth year, I'm going to give you so much that you'll have enough for the sixth year, the seventh year, the eighth year, until the ninth year's harvest. Now, that's an amazing, miraculous thing that God did every seven years. But then the Lord said, I want to do something super and abundant even above that. So in verse 8 of Leviticus 25, he says, And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years. Have you noticed God likes the number seven? And the time of the seven Sabbaths of the year shall be to you 49 years. You see, every week God gives us a Sabbath, a day of rest. Every seventh year, God gives the land rest. And then he says, I want you to count a week of sabbatical years. So every seven years, you have a Sabbath. So that means that a sabbatical year is every seven years and a week of sabbatical years or seven sabbatical years would be 49 years. And so God says, then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month 
on the day of atonement, you shall make a trumpet to sound throughout the land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. Now, remember, that's what is inscribed on the original Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. And people say that our nation was not founded upon Judeo-Christian principles. And this blowing of the trumpet, it shall be jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to the family. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows on its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy to you, you shall eat its produce from the field. In this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession, that is, to the allotment that was promised at the division of the land. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after Jubilee, you shall buy from your neighbor. And according to the number of years of crops, he shall sell to you. According to the multitude of years, you shall increase its price. And according to the fewer number of years, you shall diminish its price for... He sells to you according to the number of the years. Therefore, you shall not oppress one another, but you shall fear the Lord your God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. This is the enactment of the year of Jubilee. It's called Yovel in Hebrew. It was a special time and only came once every 50 years. It was called the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you are familiar with the Torah portion, as it is called by those of us in the West, it is a reading that is done every year. For some, it is every three years. But the Torah portion, if you read through it along with the Jewish people who read the same portion of Scripture throughout the year, every year you will start and finish the Torah. And you do that together. Then the Torah portion also consists of the prophets and the writings of the prophets many times are like the gospels and the epistles in the New Testament. That is, the gospels are the narrative and then you have in the epistles the explanation of that narrative. Well, that's the same thing that is true with the Torah. The Torah is the narrative of the salvation of God and the story of God's creation, the choosing of his people that would deliver salvation and would be a light to all the earth, the Jewish people. It's their story. It's God's story. And then the prophets many times explained and said, here's what Moses meant and here is the outcome of that. And so many places in the prophets and in the writings, you have the Torah explained and quoted with the explanation. Isaiah is the prince of this. He would do it many times, and he did that in relationship to Yovel. You'll recall that this is true not only in the Tanakh, but it's true in the New Testament as well. In the New Testament, for instance, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke 
just after he had come out of the desert of temptation. In Luke chapter 4, the Bible says he came into his hometown of Nazareth, and as was his custom, he went into the Beit Knesset, into the synagogue on Shabbat. Now, Jesus was a religious Jew, and he followed the teachings of the Torah. And the synagogue, which is not even mentioned in the Tanakh, it is intertestamental period when it was created. It was called Beit Knesset. And then when Alexander took over the world and brought in the Greek language, it was called Sunagogos, the synagogue. And so Jesus was following Jewish tradition and went in to worship, as was his custom, his habit, on Shabbat. There was a Torah portion to be read. There was a portion already assigned. In other words, you just didn't do as you felt like the Lord led you to a text. No, a Torah portion was assigned for every Shabbat, just like it is today, for every week, just like it is today. And the scripture says that Jesus came in to the synagogue and he was handed a portion to read. And that portion included the portion out of the book of Isaiah chapter 61. Now, this is important and instructive because you see, there was a time during that intertestamental period after Ezra and the men of the great synagogue had laid out this weekly reading of the scriptures on Mondays and Thursdays and on Shabbat. And I'll tell you why for that in a future podcast, perhaps there was a Torah portion During that intertestamental period, uh, reading of the Torah was outlawed. So what the Jews did to conform to that is they would go to the place in the prophets or in the writings where the Torah was mentioned and they would read it. And so they were technically not reading the Torah, but they were reading what was quoted from the Torah, then explained. And so that's what Isaiah was doing. And it's called the acceptable year of the Lord. What is called that? Yovel. The Leviticus 25 passage is what Isaiah was talking about in chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, the acceptable year of the Lord is a reference to Leviticus chapter 25. And that acceptable year of the Lord is Yovel. Why is it called that? That's when everybody got a new start. That's when everyone got a new beginning. And the Bible says after Jesus read this Torah portion, this portion from the prophets, that all of the eyes were fixed on him. And here's what he said. He didn't start expounding Isaiah 61, the passage we call Isaiah 61, and start giving the ordinary exegesis and explanation of that. No. He said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am the fulfillment of Jubilee. Because just as in the Torah, everyone got a fresh start and everything reverted back to its origin and its intended purpose. So I have come to set the captive free. I have come to give sight to the blind. I have come to make the lame to walk. I have come to do what Messiah is supposed to do. And today it's fulfilled in your hearing. Now, this passage and others are often quoted by Jesus. 
Sometimes I talk with men of God, and I talk with down and discouraged believers now more than any time in all, in all of my ministry combined in the last two to three years. These are times that try men's souls, especially those who want to live and honor God with their life. Many times I've heard pastors say to me, I've had two this week that say, well, you know, there were times when I doubted this or I doubted that, and I know we're not supposed to doubt. Yes, and that's true. But let me tell you something, friend. When the bullets are whizzing by you, sometimes you have some doubts. And when all hell is coming against you, sometimes you have some doubts. When your life is on the line and your livelihood is on the line, you better make sure that you're following the proper one, that indeed Jesus is who he said he was. And if you feel sometimes that you would like some assurance and you're in doubt, you're in good company. The Lord Jesus said of John the Baptist, among those that are born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Yet when John the Baptist was imprisoned by Antipas, and he knew that the end was surely coming quickly, he sent word to Jesus and said, Let me paraphrase this for you. Now, Lord, I'm not trying to be doubtful, but are you really the one that we're looking for? Or should we look for another? Now, I I do believe it, but I need some assurance. Are are you really the one that the prophets talked about? And are are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one? Or should we look for another? There, I've said it. It's interesting when the messengers got to Jesus, Jesus didn't just say yes or no, because if they had gone back with that answer, John would have said, are you sure? How do, how do I know that? Jesus, knowing all things, said to those messengers, not yes or no. He said, you go tell John the lame walk, the blind see. The deaf here. Now, in, in doing that, he was quoting the prophet Isaiah, the same prophet that had prophesied John's ministry. And John, no doubt, said, Hallelujah, I will see the end, and I will know my end, and I am going to allow my head to be laid on there. Nobody will have to force me because I know that my Redeemer lives. God said through the prophet, there is coming a day when Messiah will come. And here's what he's going to be like. When Jesus walked in to that synagogue that day in Nazareth, and he read the Torah portion out of Isaiah chapter 61, a portion that had already been laid out centuries before by Ezra and the great synagogue. Does that mean that God arranged that at the very hour and day that Jesus would be coming into his hometown on that very week, it would be that Torah portion of Isaiah 61? Well, it sure looks that way, doesn't it? You see, God really is in control. Dearly beloved brother and sister listening to this, you say, I don't know what's happening. Everything's out of control. Oh, it may be out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. You say, how could God let something go on like what's going on around the world? How could God let us have a president like we have and a Congress like we have and leaders like we do? And how, why are things happening at this church that I'm in? And why are, why did my church split to the four winds? Why did they come against my pastor? Why did the pastor do this? All of these kinds of things that throw us for a loop. Listen to me. Child of God, 
look up. Jesus is coming. And I say, Lord Jesus, even so, amen, come quickly. This is the sabbatical year. Yes, this is a sabbatical year, 5782, and it is Shemitah. It is the beginning of something brand new. It's a sabbatical year. This year, this year could be the year that we truly hear, not the sound of an earthly trumpet, but the sound of the trumpet of the Lord. When the dead in Christ shall rise, then we who are alive and remain shall be harpazo, shall be rapted, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, encourage one another with these words. While we walk on the way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.